0: Second Corinthians one three through eleven. Blessed be the God and Father of Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction, comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ, we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort, in salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken. For we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us. On Him we have set our hope that He will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many." you may be seated let us pray god we thank you that we have your word before us we thank you that you are expressing your desire to bring comfort to your people lord as we consider these opening Tonight as we are in this study for the weeks that we will be in it, Lord, help us to find our satisfaction in you. Help us to know that the walk with Christ, though with many trials, is worth it. And Lord, may we be faithful in our walks in you till the end. In your name we pray, amen. The joys of heaven are so great that we do not wait to experience them. They spill over into our present existence, not, not fully, but in these little nibbles of divine and sublime moments. Our hearts sometimes beat in time with the pulsing worship in heaven as we sing. Our souls sometimes are so enraptured and lifted by the truth of God's word that we are again convinced to look out the window and to the clouds because that is where our Savior will return. Our prayers are sometimes accompanied by rumblings only heard through our awakened spiritual senses as they impress upon us that our Father in heaven is moving to care for His children whom He loves. Those moments and others like them are giving us a taste of our future with Christ forever. But they are also able to lift us up now. We are here tonight to receive one of these precious delicacies of heaven, one of which God is so ready to give, so ready to pour out that you would know his love for you, that you would feel so covered, so enriched, so strengthened that you can't contain what he is filling you with and it spills out of you to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Paul's words in 2 Corinthians are riding upon the echoes of God's prophetic call from passages like Isaiah 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God, speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. God calls out, comfort, comfort my people. And Paul, so burdened for the believers of Corinth that they would know Christ and the joys of our union with him, Paul seeks to make it clear that God's desire is that believers would know godly comfort. That comfort which is God-given. That comfort which Christ Himself is comforted with in His exaltation. That comfort that Paul experienced through his afflictions to bring the Gospel to the Gentile world. Godly comfort. That is our subject. And that is our experience. All praise to God. So if your heart is cold, may you feel God's warm embrace tonight through His Word. If you're spiritually parched, let this be a refreshing glass of ice-cold water. If you're struggling, may this be strengthening that you may press on in Christ. All the benefits of heaven, all the joys of Christ that we have are only ours because Christ has shared them with us. And so tonight, we will see how Christ shares his comfort with us. And first, the God who comforts is shared with us through Christ. The beginning of our text Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul begins his blessing of God by identifying him as the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a confession that makes it clear that Paul is talking of the one true and living God revealed in the ministry of Jesus When God makes Himself known to people, He reveals that He isn't some vague presence that exists somewhere above the universe. God shatters the idea of an emotionless higher power governing the cosmos. God created the world for His glory and it testifies that He is a great God a beautiful, powerful, and wise creator who ordered the seasons and lit the stars, created plants and animals, and he created people to know him. And he has been revealing himself in ways we can know him. And he identifies himself in ways we can understand. So when Moses is speaking with God, Moses, who would lead God's people out of the slavery in Egypt, he's standing before the burning bush and speaking with God. And God's own way of identifying himself is this He says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God connects his identity to these personal relationships he had with people he blessed and called and promised salvation. But now, we know this God alongside Paul. We know this God as the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it's not disconnected from the history of God working in the world to save His people, but we have reached the pinnacle of the revelation of God on earth through the teaching and ministry of Jesus Christ so that Paul and we get to call him the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be that God. Blessed be his Father. So there's no getting around who Paul means here, who we are blessing. It's God who we can only come to know through coming to Jesus and learning from him. This is so crucial because the promises of knowing the blessing of this God are so great that we will do whatever it takes to convince ourselves that we are under His blessing. But we do not know God. We do not know Christ's own Father unless we understand the purpose of Christ's bloody and brutal death for sin and His atoning work to save us, to endure the wrath of God upon himself, that his people may go free forever. If we do not know Christ in this way, we have no part in this blessing from this God. These words of comfort we have tonight are not ours unless Christ lets us into this new relationship with God. Give it all up to find life in Jesus because here is what awaits you. Here is what is true for every believer, great and small. God is the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He is the Father who cares about where you are and what you are going through. He is the Father who is always encouraging and giving you what's best. He is the Father who has given you his own Son that you might know Him forever. And He's the God of all comfort. Of all comfort. Of all comfort who comforts us in all our affliction. That is what Christ shares with us. His own Father. So that we may have His comfort. But it is not only for ourselves and for our comfort in Christ. What we find is that God comforts us with a purpose. So if we continue on. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God comforts so that we might share that comfort with others. So not only do we share in the God who comforts us in Christ, but we have purpose with that comfort. One of the most fundamental behaviors parents seek to install and instill and encourage in their children is the ability to share, especially when there are other siblings in the house. Now, when we only had two kids in our house, now we have four, but back when we had two, we folded sometimes. We would buy two of the same thing so that we would not have to struggle with sharing in our home. But now with four, that's too expensive. <laughs> sharing, though, is not just hard for kids. It's If you and your friend or your spouse sat down at a nice restaurant and split a meal, one entree, fairly shared, it would be 50% for each of you. Now, some of you married people have had such a situation, and I... Wouldn't be surprised if that situation didn't lead to a series of conversations because one of you was unsatisfied with that arrangement. Sharing half a meal sometimes is not not what is enjoyable. Sharing is hard, especially when we are expected to share that which we highly value for ourselves. And there aren't many things that we value more than those things or those people or those activities which bring us comfort. But with the comfort God gives, there is no end. It is not a limited resource. God does not command us to comfort others from dry and empty wells. His desire is that we comfort those who are afflicted with the comfort He Himself gives gives. With God's comfort, there are no supply chain issues. With God's comfort, there are no limits per customer. With God's comfort, there is no risk of an empty shelf, an empty well. Jesus even tells his disciples that he will send the comforter to them when he goes away. And that comforter is the Spirit of God. Do you think that the Spirit of God ever tires out in giving comfort? Do you ever think that He runs out? No. But He, he, fills, he fills you up with comfort that you may have your own loaves and fish miracle. Because you extend that comfort that He gives to you and you multiply it toward others. God works mightily in you so that you might look after others. His purpose behind the comfort that you would receive from Him is so that you would be a bearer and sharer of that comfort to others. That's a miracle. Because God... God's comfort comes to us through our experiences of affliction. So not only is God shared with us through Christ, not only is our, the purpose of that comfort shared with us, but God's comfort is shared in Christ in tandem with suffering and our full union with Jesus We've seen now that, that the reality of, of comfort comes with affliction. comes with suffering in Christ. Verse 4 already gave us two instances of affliction. And the rest of our section concerns suffering affliction as well. The Bible does not hide that, that suffering is part of the Christian life. And here we have suffering and comfort paired together. In fact, Paul's suffering and affliction are are most likely seen as a negative thing. And so he he fortifies the relationship of suffering and comfort in laying out the foundation that it is part of our union with Christ. So if you turn to verse 5. It says, for as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. So our union with Christ means that we get to share in what Christ has because he has shared it with us. Louis Burkhoff is an early 20th century theologian and he made a point concerning this what he calls a mystical union with Jesus. This mystical union with Christ that all believers experience. He says this, In virtue of our union, believers have fellowship with Christ. Just as Christ shared the labors, the sufferings, and the temptations of His people, they are now made to share His experiences. His sufferings are, in a measure, reproduced and completed in the lives of His followers. They are crucified with Him and also arise with Him in newness of life. The final triumph of Christ also becomes their triumph. So in other words, Christ, the Son of God, came into the world being born of the flesh to share in the experiences that we experience so that we might have salvation. He came to us as a brother to bring us salvation, as Hebrews puts it. And now we share in his experience if we put our faith in him. We walk in the same way that he has walked. These sufferings with Christ or for Christ are not because of Jesus' work in his life, death, and resurrection was lacking anything. It's not because we're trying to complete a work he left unfinished, but his work is full and final and unchangeable. But what we endure is the suffering and shame of this world because the world hates Jesus. The world hates that he is Lord because that means All people are held accountable to Him. It means the world cannot define what is good and what is evil, but must look to Christ for righteousness. It means that there are those who believe on Him and live with Him forever, and there are those who will be eternally separated from Him in judgment. As we associate with Jesus, as we are known under His name and under His gospel, we will suffer the ridicule of the world. To experience God's comfort, you must know Him through Christ, which we have already worked through. And now we see that by nature of our relationship with Christ, we will experience suffering in this life because of our association with him. So when you review your life and your choices, can you point out the areas where it costs you to follow Jesus? Or are you seeking your own comfort and avoiding this suffering of the Christian life? That's the, what the world does, right? Aren't suffering and comfort Opposites according to the worldly wisdom. Here are the words of the Apostle Peter as he puts it this way. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify the God in that name. Our suffering is a glory and testament that we are sons and daughters of a God who loves us and cares for us. So that though Christians may suffer, God brings us comfort. The calling of the Christian life is one of taking up our crosses daily to follow him. So Christ shares His Father with us. Shares the purpose of serving others with the comfort that we have. We share in the sufferings and comfort of Christ. But comfort also comes to us through others. God's comfort is shared through our suffering servant leaders and in our being with them. Paul moves from this principle of verse 5 to an immediate application of his own ministry. And he says this, If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort. Now, Paul loves the Corinthians with the love of Christ, and he is bringing all that he can at the beginning of this letter to show it and to bring them comfort. He's pointed them to God who comforts. He's pointed them to the purpose of comfort. He's pointed them to the full union with Christ and his sufferings and comforts. And now he is expressing his own heart so that they may be comforted. Now we know that Paul's writing to them and he's going to tell them that he's changed his plans. In chapter 2, he's going to tell them that he's not going to visit them because he knows it would be a painful and hard visit. And so he's opening this letter so that they would be comforted in Christ and look to Him. Paul is able to give God's comfort Because of what he's already shared, he has received the comfort as he has been afflicted. Later on in Second Corinthians, he's going to go through a whole list of the afflictions that he endured. That's chapter eleven, but he tacks this on at the end of the list, and it's this burden that he carries. Apart from other things, again, that will be covered later in the letter. There is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Paul's anxiety for all the churches, including Corinth, is because all believers are of one body. We are Christ's body. My Hebrew professor would tell us when we had courses with him that if one of us fails, we all fail. That'd be in the syllabus, and it would get everybody who heard that for the first time a little scared because Hebrew's hard and people fail. But it's not that we were going to get a failing grade, but it's that if we didn't see each other as brothers and sisters in Christ in this class, that we would help each other on the way to passing our Hebrew courses. That if one failed, we would all fail because we failed each other. The experiences that we have as Christ's body, we have together. Everywhere you and I go as believers, we represent the whole. The experiences we endure, we share together. So Paul goes on in verse 6. Let's read that again. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. The Corinthians And those that were with Paul endured those sufferings together. As Paul was afflicted, in their connection with them, they suffered also. Now, how how would you view the servant leaders that seek to love and shepherd you? Godly leaders will lay down their lives like Paul and seek to bring you comfort as God gives them comfort in their affliction. But in order to continue to experience this comfort that God wants us to have, we need to understand that we are part of the same body. So do you, do you see your servant leaders, as as part of the same body as you are? Do we have that shared reality of suffering and comfort together? Now, one of our pastors got to uh, encourage some missionaries that we support over this weekend, or over this past week. And although we will speak to the extent of the suffering That Paul goes through, that he'll share a little bit later. We know that there are different levels of suffering. But as our our pastor was seeking to encourage our missionaries in the remote parts of Alaska, he had to fly in a, a four seater plane for two and a half hours. Now, Uh, I did not know this until I was texting back and forth with him, but he gets sick during car rides. (laughs) And so, as he was enduring the suffering of putting himself in the compromising situation of flying in a, a small piloted plane for the sake of bringing encouragement to other believers, other missionaries, so that they may press on in the gospel of Christ. In some way, we suffered with him. Our heart is with him and with those shepherd leaders, those servant leaders who suffer on our behalf. God gives us each other to share the Christian walk so that we might encourage one another to press on and bring that comfort to one another. So let us share in that suffering and comfort together, leaders and all. And in the rest of our passage, Paul gives an account of his recent affliction to bring comfort to believers. So God also shows us and gives us the comfort of a shared assurance. So let's read from verses 8 and on. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us. On Him we have set our hope that He will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many." It's not hard to follow Paul in his experience that he's making the Corinthians aware of. And it's not hard for us to endure either because we we see what he endured. He was burdened beyond strength so that he despaired of life itself. And that's no hyperbole. Consider the testimony of uh, a believer who under communism he was with a a group of believers. He was in a larger group but eventually the the communist soldiers separated them into smaller groups because they didn't want anybody to run away but as they were separating into groups they heard rifle shots and so they were concerned about the rifle shots. But the commanders, the, the, the army men were talking that they were just shooting stray dogs. They just didn't want any of the dogs to steal food or, or hurt anybody. But as they were getting separated into these groups more and more, uh, they got pushed into somewhat of a line. So a group would go forward into a forested area and a, a the other groups would stay behind and they heard rifle shots again. And so as they were grouped together, their arms were tied and they kept getting ushered into this clearing. And rifle shots were the sentence of death to them. But this believer, in the commotion and the craziness of his group coming to the end and armed men raising up their weapons, he was able to free himself and run into the woods and bring this testimony of what was happening to other believers. But Paul endured somewhat of the same. There were rival shots, but whether this sentence of death was something from a government level or something that he was just enduring and he knew that the end of his life was near. God still delivered him. Paul was taken beyond his strength, beyond his intellect, beyond his planning, beyond himself, so that he would not rely upon himself, but upon God. And he found out that all the endurance of the suffering was worth it. Because what did he find out? He found out that it was to make us rely not upon ourselves, but upon God who raises the dead. Would you not give up everything? Would you not give up all of your money? Would you not endure any level of suffering? Would you not exhaust the limits of your strength? Would you not forfeit all of your time in this life? Would you not count it all as loss? If at the end of it all, when your eyes are closed and you are flat on your face, and then you hear the words, you hear the whisper of God testify to your heart and to your soul and to your mind, I raise the dead. Would that not make anything anything worth holding on to. But to see a life given to Christ to be pressed And knock down so that you do not rely upon yourself, but upon God who raises the dead. Paul tells the Corinthians that this is an experience that they had. And it is even shared with us. Many of us will not endure the level of Paul's sufferings, we won't hear those rifle shots. As we are being ushered into our own deaths, we may not come close. But here we are, separated by the centuries, and we are still benefiting from the comfort that God gave Paul at that moment. That he is a living testimony that anything you give up for Christ, anything that you suffer for Christ, is worth it. I pray that you would know Christ. I pray that you would know the comfort that God is so willfully and ready to give to you in Christ. Not a, not a flaky comfort of this world, but an enduring comfort Amazing comfort as we live our lives for Christ. Let's pray. But we need your comfort (laughs) because we are weak. We need your strength to endure, to press on, to keep denying ourselves, to keep giving more for the sake of making your name great, of bringing your gospel to others, of being a strong, faithful witness to your goodness and your lordship. We pray that we all can experience this comfort. It is a joy of heaven that we will experience. Lord, thank you for letting us experience your comfort now, that we get to share in your comfort as we share in your life, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.